0: number three, and uh, starting in verse number one, go through four, and we're going to go through most of the chapter here this evening, so we're not going to be flipping around the different passages that much, but we'll be in this chapter today, hopefully be a help to us, and if there's any moaning or groaning, I'm prepared to go through the whole book, okay, so, hey, it's been good to be back here at Spring Meadow, and and, uh, it's always good to be welcomed among friends. And I had a good time eating some tacos with the Duncans, and I had a good time with that. Always fun to eat at that place. I had a cheeseburger taco for the very first time today, and that was good, and a fish taco. And so I had a good day today, and I even sort of kind of fell asleep today. How many of you got your sort of nap today, a few of you? All right. How many of you did not then? How many of you not voting at all? I'm protesting my whole poll. Okay, all right. <laughs> Think about it, pray for us. Next week we go to Mountain City, Tennessee. And we all know here that Tennessee is divided into three different states. And uh, there is Western Tennessee, then Middle Tennessee, then there's Eastern Tennessee, and uh, different dialects of Southern drawl. And so uh, to get to Mountain City, we have to go around the mountain in Virginia to get there. And uh, so... We always enjoy being with the dear folks over there. We always remember that church because that's where Brady broke his arm. And uh, maybe he has a field in the medical field because he came in and he said, Dad, I broke my arm. And I said, Brady, you don't know that because you never broke your arm before. And he rolled up his sleeve and I looked at his arm and I said, Brady, you broke your arm. And uh, so we're having a youth event there and then be there all day Sunday. And then summer is fast approaching. we got, of course, Day of Champions. Which I'm excited y'all coming to. We also have a father-son adventure in mid-May, and also a men's work day as well, where we're getting a bunch of different things done. Uh, we've been in the midst of a project really all year long with resident renovations, and we were at the end of the summer needed to do uh, 711 through cabin 716. Normally before we were only doing like a one cabin at a time. Then we did five cabins, and it was like a miracle we felt like. Then we said, we're going to get the rest of these things done. And it's about done. We've got one more to go. And what's hampered us a touch is, of course, our office fire that happened in September. We're able to clean everything out uh, with the office fire. But now we're waiting on our general contractor to sort of get to work. And once they get to work, they say it's a year. So me and my ignorance... Was praying to the Lord, Lord, it'd be great to have the office building before the summer of 2023. Now, here we are in April of 2023. My prayer has changed, Lord, it'd be great to have the office building by the summer of 2024. And so if you would pray for us about all that, insurance has been real good to us thus far. Of course, there's a different hoops and things that we're jumping through and uh, our general contractor that we started off with in September doesn't work for that company anymore. So we're getting the other new guy up to speed. So there's a lot of those kinds of things. And then also as we get closer to summer, where our offices now, because we can't hang out in the burnt building, has a nice breeze. But um, we have been in Trails Inn, which is a little camp office building. We have been in cabin 703 and 702. And then we've been in houses as well, and uh, Brother Will's using his travel trailer as an office and different things. It's nice. He has snacks there. He um, doesn't offer me any. But anyway, uh, so we've been able to make do, and it's all been fine, and the lord has been good, but we sure would like to have the office building again because, you know, that's what the Lord gave us before. We, I didn't quite... Picture it this big, but it is a 15,000-square-foot building, I believe. And uh, so the Lord's going to let it happen that we can upgrade it. But, you know, they say, oh, yeah, we'll order the air conditioners in right now. And you think, oh, wow, praise the Lord, they're already ordering the air conditioners? They already know that? Yeah, they're at least 40 weeks out. Thank you for that. And so right when you get encouraged, you hear facts that make you discouraged. So uh, pray with us about that, please. Colossians chapter number three, and if you all will just stay awake, I'll let you stay seated, okay, uh, during this time, because I'll be reading several different verses throughout. Colossians chapter number three, and verse number one, if ye have been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, which where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. So we can hone in on that verse where it says, Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. So we're going to talk about this evening about your priorities. And your priorities are important. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Father. Father. We love you tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this chapter that we have in your word. And as we take a look at priorities, we find that the ultimate priority is you and help us to set our affections on things above tonight, I pray. Lord, I need your help. Fill me with the Spirit's power. In Jesus' name I ask these things. Amen. Uh, At the ranch, I get to help with figuring out what priorities are. Now, it's it's a lot simpler when uh, Brother Will... Or Dr. Bill says, Hey, we need to make sure we do that. Bam. That's easy. That's a priority, right? But then there's a lot of other things that happen as we have over 20 houses at the ranch and you have a Bible college at the ranch. You have a Christian school at the ranch. You have a publications department at the ranch. And everybody that has a problem, they want their problem solved right away. And so I'm the guy that gets to listen to all those. Ain't that a blessing? And so... As I'm listening to different problems that come up, oftentimes I'm just making different priorities. I was writing down uh, basically one one day that I had in my life. We had set the day, main, we have a maintenance meeting, so devotions are at 720 at the ranch, and if I'm home, uh, we have a maintenance meeting right after that, and we sort of set the day what needs to be done, and then the next thing you know, there is a problem in the bathroom. Now, Anytime that you find that there's a problem in the bathroom, that always turns into a priority. Isn't that the truth? And so nobody wants to deal with that, but it needs to be fixed right away. And so we set our priorities, and then we found out there's a problem in the bathroom, all right? then that's the priority. Then I hear there's a leak in the building. And that was the office building at the time. And so it was pouring down rain, so I had a problem in the bathroom, had a problem in a building. Uh, Then someone had broken down in the car line for the school, So when there's, you know, over 200, I think you're right under 200 school kids at BRCA, there's a long line of parents that are dropping off. Well, somebody like runs out of gas has happened before. Somebody's battery went dead. And then that whole line is backstopped. And so they're hurried up. Hey, hurry up. And the same guy that was telling me about the bathroom problem, they were telling me about the problem that was in the line. And we both needed to get that right away. I'm like, well, I only got one maintenance guy, so what am I supposed to supposed to do? I can't fix it, amen? So uh, we deal with priorities. Uh, at the same time, the internet went down as well. Well, there is a lot of kids that have classes that they watch things online. So the next thing you know, all of high school was shut down. Now, the high schoolers did not give me one complaint. In fact, I have a five star rating with the high schoolers when the internet goes down. They love me. Uh, but the teacher doesn't love me, and the school doesn't love me as much. They're like, hey, you I have to get this fixed. And so I live in a life oftentimes where I'm like, okay, what is the priority? Now, when I if I'm in a meeting and I'm traveling to different churches, which we we're in from time to time, all of this is by texts or by phone calls, which that makes it exciting too, because you can you listen to somebody's problem and then your phone vibrates and then there's another problem. Now, some of you live in a In a life just like mine, right? We deal with all these different types of problems. And because we all get them. And so it's hard to be able to set what is the right priority. Well, I'm thankful that the word of God here in Colossians chapter number 3 tells us what the priority is. Set your affection on things above. You know, as many problems that I can have in one day as a camp director as long as I make sure I set my affection on the things above, everything's gonna really be okay. I might deal with a stressed out person, I might deal with a problem I never heard of before, all those kinds of things happen, but I need to make sure I set my affection, my priority on my relationship with God. And you need to do the same, and if you do that, you're gonna have a good life, you're gonna have a happy life. So in Colossians chapter number three, it talks about two things. One, our relationship with God, and secondly, with our relationship with others. Now, I told you I only have two points with this sermon now. The problem is I have a lot of subpoints, so buckle up, okay? So um, if you number one, we're going to take a look at your relationship with God. So when it's talking about your relationship with God, it uses the word mortify in verse number five. If you look at that, it says, mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things take the wrath of God, cometh on the children of disobedience, into which also you walked sometime when you lived in them, but now you also put off. So we're going to get to put off in just a moment. Let's first take a look at what we're supposed to mortify. Now, we don't use that word very often, so let me give you a definition. To destroy the strength of. We need to destroy the strength of, here's a nice manly definition, to slay. That feels good, you know what I mean? Because Men slay things, like step on spiders and stuff like that. And so if we're going to destroy the strength of, we need to mortify these sins that come in our life. If you're going to set your affections on things above, destroy the strength of these sins. Right off the bat, fornication. Fornication is a sexual sin, is sexual activity outside of marriage. God said, don't be a part of that. That's not what America would say today. That's not what Hollywood culture would say today. But God says differently, get rid of fornication in your life. Talks about uncleanness. That's talking about lustfulness, being lustful. Uh, We all have flesh. We all have that desire. We all have lust for things that we're not supposed to have. We have sin nature. We need to get rid of it the uncleanness. Uh These are big $10 words here. Inordinate affection, evil concupiscence. It's been a while maybe you've heard that. That is a desire for what is forbidden. You know it's wrong. You know you're not supposed to do that sin, but yet we have the desire Commit that sin. We need to destroy the strength of that in our life. We need to slay it. Covetousness, greedy, always wanting more. And if you're living your life greedy, always wanting more, you know, you're not going to be satisfied. You're just not. I like getting a new pair of shoes. Do you like getting a new pair of shoes? I talked about it a little bit this morning. And when you get a new pair of shoes, you want them to be perfect forever. And then you get your first mark on it. Then you wear it a little bit. You get a little bit of dirt on it. And the next thing you know, it's been at least a week. And you think to yourself, wow, these things are old shoes. Look at those new pair of shoes. They look so shiny on my iPad. I need to get another pair. Oh, our new pair was able to come out. Or maybe it could be with technology. I need to have the cutting edge stuff. I don't understand technology, but I know whatever new device comes out, I know I need it. I don't even know what it does, but I'm like, that thing is cool, I'd like to have that. Or all the things that they can do with cars nowadays. The more you look at the car, (coughs) you realize why you need all those things. Uh, We got a car, it's about seven years old, and if you don't use the turn signal to change into lanes, the seat vibrates. And I'm like, oh, that is really cool, you know, because that will be a reminder, because none of these people in Murfreesboro ever use their turn signal. And I realized something. That massager is on often while I'm driving, <laughs> because I'm not, I'm not using it very much. Well, that's sort of handy, and I'm glad I got to drive my truck today, because I was able to zip around and didn't have to use it. I was free. Uh, But I was convicted of that, so I try to use my turn signal when when I'm supposed to, as my new drivers are always watching, right? So uh, anyway, we see things with new technology or new buttons and different things, and it's so easy to keep our wanter wanting. You know, we need to destroy the strength of that. So maybe you can't afford it. Maybe you can get it. But maybe you need to destroy the strength of your wanter all the time and just say, you know what, I'm going to wait. I was impressed by a friend of mine. He's he's well off and he does well and and he serves the Lord holy. I, I truly believe that. And he has his own business and he always has really nice cars. And uh, he had a truck and it was only like four years old, but he said, I'm going to get a new truck. And he said, Brother Matt, this is exactly what it's going to be like. So he's telling me all about it now. That thing sounds sweet. I said, When are you gonna get it? He said, I'm waiting on the Lord to just tell me I can. So here's a guy that could go out and buy whatever car he wants, and he wants this truck. But even though he's really, really, really wanting it, he doesn't have peace about it till the Lord gives him that peace about it. I respect that because he doesn't want to fall into the sin. Of covetousness, always wanting more. So when it comes to with our relationship with God, we need to mortify these things, destroy the strength of. Then it goes on and talks about what, with our relationship with God, what do we need to put off? We need to put off the old man. Look at verse number 8. But now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy. Filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. And so here's another good old list here. A good old list of conviction. (laughs) And it talks about anger, wrath, and malice. Now, at first glance, when you read it, it sort of feels like, isn't that all the same thing? Well, they all have different meanings. So anger has to deal with your temper. So some people would say with their temper, that's just the way God made me. Uh, I can't help it. I'm Irish, right? Uh, I can't help it. I have red hair. Um, I can't help I've got a beard. You know, I try to use anything I can because I don't really know where I come from. I get that a lot too. Um, But the fact of the matter is we need to be able to control our anger, our temper. Then it goes from anger with your temper to wrath. Meaning, boiling mad. Has that ever happened to you before? Where you just got boiling mad. So there's this anger, you're like, (laughs) and then there's, you know, you're just, you're so hot, you can't think straight, you can't see straight, and then it gets to malice, and malice is your desire to injure. Well, we see that all the time on these nice little clip videos, right? You see somebody getting mad, get angry, and then boiling mad, wrath, and then the desire to anger, malice. And maybe you're at a point where you are desiring to injure people. It just breaks my heart with road rage in Nashville. But what happens? Well, a guy cuts in front of you and... So you get mad because you didn't use the turn signal. Can you imagine that, wicked person? And uh, then maybe they slow down, and so you had to hit your brakes. What makes you be oil- boiling mad? And then there's some people that get so full of malice, they wreck people because of it. And we see that on the news all the time. Well, how do we make sure that we don't get so angry we injure somebody? Well, you go back to anger and control your temper. If you don't, if you control your temper, you'll never get to the point where you'll get so boiling mad you'll hurt somebody. So we to put off getting angry. It talks about blasphemy, slander to another, another's good name. Uh, don't be talking bad about other people. Don't be making up stuff about other people. Well, it's almost true. Be careful. Or, a little birdie told me, don't be that way. Filthy communication. That's talking about foul speech. Vile conversation. You know, that's getting into our churches today. Um, There was a day you could watch certain movies on television because they would take all the bad out. Then get one of these things that stream and click on one of those movies and you realize they took a lot out since I remember. So Hollywood really has always been rotten and filling things with a bunch of garbage. And we as God's people, we eat it all up and we fill our heads that way. And we talk just like the people of this world. It shouldn't be that way. So we need to put off the old man. So we're still talking about a relationship with God. We need to mortify some things. We need to put off the old man. We need to put on the new man. Look at verse number 10. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. I love that word, renew. New strength and vigor. What revival is all about. I need to be renewed. So if I'm going to get renewed, I need to put on these things. Uh, Whether there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, vows of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfect, perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you're called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do... In word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. So these are the truths that we need to put on. We need to put on kindness. Be nice. Shock the world. Be a nice person to be around. Put on kindness. We're getting to a place now that even the greeter at Walmart's cranky at you. They're like, you're asking permission if you can grab a cart. Because kindness is not something that people just naturally have. You need to be saved. You need to put on that new man. That talks about moral goodness, your integrity, humbleness of mind, a humble opinion about yourself. Meekness, being gentle. Long-suffering, patient. I love this. Definition of long-suffering, slowness in avenging wrongs. You're not, when somebody hurts you, you're not so quick to get back at them. No, you have a slowness in avenging wrong. You are long-suffering, forbearing, you're holding people up, forgiving, being gracious and kind, putting on the peace of God. We can have peace. We talk about peace when we get to heaven. Yeah, but we can have it now. Have you seen gas prices? Have you seen China and Taiwan? You see the Korean dude? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know all about it. But you know something. We can have the peace of God. And it can rule in our hearts. And God has everything under control aren't you thankful for that be thankful i love this definition of thankful being mindful of 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 favors being mindful of favors i live in a life where people are good to me all the time and i want to make sure i am thankful and mindful of the goodness of others in my life you need to put those things on So we see here, that's how we can help with our relationship with God. If we destroy the strength of some sins, if we put off the old man and we put on the new man, then we can set our affections on things above. But the chapter doesn't end there. It goes on. In the last seven, eight verses or so, it talks about our relationship with others. Look at verse number 18. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as it is fit in the Lord. So right off the bat, you know, the Bible comes after wives. Aren't you glad you came tonight, ladies? No, <clears throat> you know the men are, but be careful, men. Don't elbow. Uh, if you read on the chapter, we get hit a few more times than the ladies, and I think that's on purpose. <laughs> you know, the way God set up marriage is that wives are supposed to put themselves under the authority of the husbands. Now, you're not going to see that on television, but that's Bible. And if you do that, you're going to have a recipe of a happy home and you're going to have a good marriage by just doing what the Bible says. Just submit, put yourself under. It goes on there, at verse number 19, and it talks about husbands. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. I was looking up with definition with the ver- words that are there and things uh, just to try to dig into it a little bit. And, of course, another way to say to love your wife is to love them dearly. Do you love your wives dearly? I remember a preacher saying to me, how you get them is how you keep them. And just keeping that process. Remember when you first started dating and you're just picking up little trinkets, picking up different things that she likes? Don't be the kind of husband. I don't know what she likes. She's got everything. She doesn't have everything. She has you, and you're a tightwad. And there's things that she wants. Talk to her, and she'll talk, telling you things that she wants. And maybe she oh, I don't want nothing. Take her to a store and see what happens. Take her to a store that she likes, okay? I'm not saying, yeah, we went to TSC, and she couldn't find one thing. Asked her if she wanted a new piece of garden equipment. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's loving your wife dearly. Let her pick the restaurant that she wants to go to. Well, she always says she doesn't know what she wants. Well, then you start picking, right? She starts telling you, I don't want that, I don't want that, I don't want that. But she probably doesn't want to tell you she wants to go to the girly foo-foo place. You know what I'm talking about? The kind of restaurants that you leave and you wonder if you ate or not. (laughs) Ladies like those kinds of things. I don't know why. Some do, some don't. Some like the Golden Corral, amen, but some others don't. (laughs) It's not my job to figure out what your woman likes. That's your job. And that's a part about loving them dearly. So love your wife Dearly, it goes on and it, they'll be bitter against them. That has the idea of don't irritate. Now, it goes on and talks about fathers not provoking your kids either. So it's like God was on to something that husbands like to irritate people. And that fathers like to provoke people. Right? And there's something about our DNA. We enjoy that. We have a good time with that. If you do something that it's annoying to your wife, Newsflash, stop it. This is not complicated. Oh, yeah, she always laughs, but she hates it when I do this. (laughs) I'm like, you're an idiot. (laughs) You're living with this woman. She's living with you. She's washing your clothes, which I would want no part of. And she's making you meals and she's cleaning up and she had your children. You know what I'm saying? And then you go home and you do things that you know is irritating I do enough things I don't even know that I'm irritating right so I need to be careful about that but if I know I'm being irritating I just need to stop and you can have a happier home uh, I made some stories about uh, guys that would throw dirty socks I'm like, if your wife gets upset that you're leaving your dirty socks out, uh, don't think it's funny and throw it at her. I've had two different couples come to me. They said, you nailed us tonight. That's what I do to my wife. <laughs> I'm like, stop. Don't be that way. Don't be a hard person to live with. Love your wife dearly. Now, finally, we got off the husbands. Children, yes. Oh, children. Children, obey your parents in all things for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Children, obey your parents. Another definition could be listening. Hearken to the command. Do you hear what your parents are saying? Parents, are you raising your children in a way that they are listening to the sound of your voice. Have you ever been around somebody that has a puppy and they don't want to discipline the puppy, right? Oh, he's so cute. I don't want to do anything to the puppy. I don't want to discipline. Oh, he's so cute. Well, after a while, he's going to get pretty annoying and that puppy continues to get bigger and that puppy needs to get some discipline to it or you're going to end up giving that little puppy away probably. Um, loving that puppy is disciplining that puppy and the person says, now stop, now stop, now stop, stop, such a twitter. now stop and I've been with someone, they said, now stop 10 times until they finally said in their tone, now stop and the puppy's like, (laughs) right? Have you watched parents with children that way? Because if a puppy can understand tones, so can the child. And they're stop, 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 stop. And it feels like all I have to do is I have to keep yelling at my kid. It's because they're not hearkening to your voice until you reach a certain tone. It doesn't have to be that way. And children, you shouldn't be living your life that way. You shouldn't be living your life to a point that now your parents are extremely ticked off, so now you're going to clean up your room remotely. It it can be, your life can be this easy, this easy. Hey, it really is time to clean up your room. Oh, okay. Then you go clean up your room, and then you go off and play. Whoa. You mean we don't have to have the drama? You mean I don't have to kick the floor four times? I don't have to body slam my teddy bear? (laughs) Life can be that easy. Hey, what? No, you can't go yet because you didn't take out the trash. Oh, I am so sorry. Or if you're even old enough, you just do it. Whoa. There's dirty dishes and it's your turn for the dishwasher. You just do it. Then you don't even get to hear your parents speak at all. Wouldn't that be a blessing, kids? <laughs> parents, does it sometimes hurt to even say it again? I have said this to this child four billion times. I don't want to say anything, anymore. Pick up your shoes. And the kid's like, I don't know what's up with my parents. Boy, they're always so cranky all the time. You know what the problem is? It's you. You made them all. It's hurting for them to talk. When all you have to do is be like, oh, man, I need to pick up that. And you pick it up and you go do it. You have the chores. Look, if you do these chores that you're supposed to do, it's amazing. They give you a free bed. They give you a free room. They give you the all the food you can eat, which is a lot these days. Not to point out anybody. Um, no, my kids are good to me. But the fact of the matter is, if children can just get a hold of hearkening to a command and parents fighting for it. Do that. Then it goes back to fathers again. They're, I think, you know, I'm, they're getting picked on in the Bible here a little bit. It says, fathers, provoke not your children to anger lest they be discouraged. Don't stir up the kids. Don't get them angry. It also carries the idea of discipline. That's provoking them by the father not getting involved in the child's upbringing. Don't give all the disciplining to the mom. In fact, I think most of it should be handled by the dad. It's even better if it can be together. I understand dad works all day sometimes and maybe you're at home or vice versa, but this is important. Your children are important. Then it goes on and it talks about how employees are or employers are talking about servants here. But you have a truth that rings well with us as workers, servants, obeying all things, your masters, according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart. Fearing God, and whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ, but he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. Chapter 4, verse 1. <coughs> Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. So it talks about here with employees and employers and servants and masters, employees obey even when the boss is not looking. Ever met somebody that right when the boss comes in, oh, they're working hard, they're doing all this stuff, they're cleaning, they're calling on the phone, they're typing all at the same time. Then right when the the boss leaves the office, oh, he's finally gone, she's finally gone. She's coming back. Oh, hello, yes, hello, yes. I'm going to get that deal done. You know, and and they're so irritating. And you think to yourself, they're "They're getting away with that. That's not fair. God's watching. God says, as you're working, you should do it heartily as to the Lord. That's how Christians are supposed to be. Employers, you need to do right by the people that are working for you. You have a responsibility as well. And whether it be your relationship with others or your relationship with God, the one verse that comes in both of those sections, and whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord. So is that the way you've been setting your affection today? Are you putting him first in your life? If not, let's take the time to work on our relationship with others and our relationship with God. Let's bow for prayer. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and as we take a look at our priorities and how we are in our relationship with God and our relationship with others. How many of you would say, Brother Matt, God's spoken to my heart today because when it comes to my relationship with God, I need to destroy the strength of some of these sins. I need to put off the old man with some of these sins. God's spoken to my heart on putting on the new man and God's spoken to my heart in that section. I need to work on my relationship with God. Would you please pray for me? If that's you, would you raise your hand tonight? Amen. Amen. How many of you would say this? Brother Matt, God's spoken to my heart tonight when it comes down to my relationship with others. Maybe you're a wife, maybe you're a husband, maybe you're a child, maybe you're an employee or employer, but you're not doing it heartily as to the Lord. And there are some things that need to change in your home or in your work, and God spoke in your heart about that tonight. You say, please pray for me. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Let me pray for you tonight. Good. Good. Let's stand for prayer. Father, we sure do love you. And Lord, I pray that we can set our affection on things above. We'll live for you, God. Help with our relationship with you. Help with our relationship with others. And I pray during this invitation time, we'll draw closer to you. Well, thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, I ask these things. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. The piano is playing now. If God spoke in your heart specifically about something, I ask you just to take a seat or come down and, and kneel and take the time as the piano plays and work on that relationship tonight. Maybe it's with somebody you work with. Maybe it's with your spouse. Maybe it's with your parent. Maybe it's with God. You got some sins you need to take care of. Take that time as the piano plays. we sure do love you tonight. We thank you for your word and we thank you that it's relevant. Lord, I pray that we'll leave here setting our affection on things above. Help us, Lord, with our priorities. Lord, if there's sin that's in our heart that we need to confess to you, I pray that we'll do that tonight. Lord, if there's some things that need to change in our home or with others, I pray we'll change that tonight and we'll be What the Bible said in Colossians 3, renewed. Lord, be with pastor as he's away. I pray that he'll enjoy that vacation, take care of him, and keep Pastor and Mrs. Swanky safe. Lord, be with the services on Wednesday night. Help us to be in our place. Continue to be a blessing here at Spring Meadow Baptist Church and provide for them, and I pray for their ministry will grow, and many more people will trust in Christ and be saved in the Franklin area. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. You are dismissed.